1: Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. On this episode, I am chatting with beautiful stepmom Mallory. Hi, nice to meet you.
2: Hi, Nice to meet you.
1: Welcome. You reached out and shared a little bit of your story and there were certain parts of it that I just said, yes, yes, let's come on, let's chat about this. Some of it a little selfish because I myself can relate to unfortunate things that you're also dealing with. And I just love, you know, Sharing stepmom stories and, and validating others as we do that. So, Valerie, let's dive in, share a little bit about you, your family dynamic, and then we can get to the good stuff.
2: Sure. Well, we're from a smaller town in the Midwest, and my husband and I have known each other for several years, but really just through social acquaintances. And when I got a divorce, and he was in the process of getting a divorce, more or less I reached out just because I heard he was having a tough time. I it wasn't so much that, you know, I was wanting to start anything, but I just heard he was having a tough time. We had close mutual friends and so I reached out. It was during the holidays and I know that can be difficult. I was divorced but with no children and he was divorced with a child and then a stepdaughter. So and how it happened, I mean, I think he was kind of blindsided. They built a big beautiful home and then she had been having an affair for two years. So it was wow. a, a low blow. And, anyways, we had formed a friendship. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know that I'm cut out to be a stepmom. I had you know, wanted to have children of my own and I had never been able to. And I had made peace with the fact that I wasn't going to be a mom and, you know, I could be a cool aunt or something like that. But, anyways, we formed a relationship. I met his daughter and fell in love with her. I mean, we had a great bond. We had a lot of fun. She was nine at the time, and his stepdaughter was a senior in high school and kind of rebelling. And he was pretty firm on his rules, so you know he wasn't the fun house at that point. He had
1: a stepdaughter from that marriage. And so yes. when they divorced, he was still trying to maintain a relationship with yes. her. So she was also coming. Yes. Okay. All right.
2: Yes. So I think he'd been with her since she was maybe 3 or 4. So, you know, he he was the really the only dad that she knew at that time in her mm-hmm. life. I mean, she didn't have a relationship with her dad, but so We get married and my stepdaughter was just beside herself that we were married. She was so excited and we surprisingly got pregnant and without having to try, it was a huge blessing. And she had been saying right around the time we got married, which we had to elope just because of other situations. Okay. (laughs)
1: We can all just assume. Okay. Yes. (laughs) All right. So eloping was your, your answer to less drama. Got it.
2: Right. Uh And, but my stepdaughter had been saying, prior to us eloping that, man, I wish I could have a, a little brother someday. And and we just joked, we were like, well, maybe your mom will have a baby. And she was like, no, she's not going to have another baby, which we knew that she probably wouldn't. But so we were very excited to tell her that, you know, hey, we're going to have a baby. And and it turned out to be a boy. Yeah, it turned I out to be a boy. boy. She, she manifested that. She did. <laughs> and then it was, they had the cutest little bond. I mean, they were 11 years apart. Or are eleven years apart and she loved him and he loved her. And, you know, we continued to just be the house that had the structure, the schedule. His his schedule with her, his parenting schedule was he had her every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday till five o'clock, with the exception of the third or fifth weekend.
0: Okay. So
2: basically we had her every single weekend. And it was hard for us to have, like, that, you know, much of a relationship, really. Yeah. I mean, we both worked. And, you know, we spent a lot of time through the week together, but it was still hard on the weekends. It was, you know, he didn't want to just go out because he's just getting to see his kid. Right. And I understood that, but it still kind of made it a little difficult, but we made it work. And then we had our son, and then COVID hit. mm And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I became... Did that change the schedule at all as far as how much you saw her? It didn't. Again, we live in the same small town. There's about less than 15,000 people here. So, you know, we live two miles from her school, about four miles from her mother's house. And that's with us living two miles in the country. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we still saw her every week. But, you know, at the first part of COVID, everybody's being careful about where you're going and who you're seeing. And, you know, we were just staying home. My husband did work, but I worked from home at that point. And, you know, she was just going and doing whatever it was around spring break time. So they were just seeing whoever. And mm-hmm. I was panicky to have her come into our home with a small toddler. And, you know, where have you been? Who have you been around? Mm-hmm. Of
0: course.
1: Are you sick? Are you sniffling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So, a little tension started then just because, of you know, he would be really adamant about who you've been around. You know, if we see your grandparents that are elderly, mm-hmm. who live just... Cautious. A, uh, yeah. Traumatic. Yeah. You know, we have to be cautious. And it just, you know, there's, there's no rules at moms. So... Yeah. I have yet to talk. It's so interesting. I have yet to talk
1: to a stepmom who's been able to say, like, through COVID that... They that the both houses were on the same page. Like, and it's like I I was joking, not joking. I was just chatting with my husband about this like earlier on in COVID, where I'm like, of course, of course, you know, a pandemic hits and it just just blows up every other high conflict blended dynamic. Because here here we have another thing that we can disagree on. Another thing one house can exert their power or their control or their dismissal of things that are important or, you know, structure and rules. And even it's like, I mean, I was just telling my husband, I was like, it's like, why can't we, it's the CDC, it's doctors.
2: Like, why can't we just, it's not even me making these rules. It's all over the place.
0: Exactly.
2: I I feel that to my core, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and we already were dealing with high conflict at that point. BioMom chose the parenting schedule. So she chose that every weekend. And, you know, in the very beginning, when her daughter went off to college, if she came home on the weekends, you know, she would want my stepdaughter. And my husband would say, you know, just because one child is coming home, that doesn't mean that you know, daughter has to be at your house. This is the schedule you chose. And she would try to, you know, barter more or less time. Well, you can have this time if I can have this time. And he allowed it to begin with. And then he got burned every single time. She wouldn't give the time that he was supposed to get. So Mm -hmm. once you, it's a slippery slope. Once you start
1: like, changing the custody schedule and being lenient and you think that you're doing it in a way to keep the peace or to, you know, like, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. If I'm such a stickler on this, then, you know, maybe it's, you know, I'm the bad guy. But once you start doing that, man, it's, it's hard because they'll
2: take advantage. And she did. And so, you know, then it would be, well, you know she can't she can't go with you on vacation he's like mm-hmm. no you don't get to pick if she goes with me on vacation i get a week in may june and july my choice as long as i let you know by may 1st no it doesn't work that way and so they had to see a mediator for that and basically the mediator threw up his hands and said you know this is what the the divorce decree says and you know my husband was correct but more or less I don't think you're going to work with her. <laughs> and I, I mean, it's since the get-go. It's been awful on schedule, and and what's crazy is I worked in the same field as she did, mm-hmm. and but with for different entities and within our town. And you know, I had work lunches with her. I worked on projects with her. Like as this is all going on, like you're having interactions. No, with no, no, no. Oh, okay. Prior Before this was going on. Okay, she, she Do you know very her. Friendly. Yes, yes, I knew her. You know, we saw each other at the country club. You know, we had drinks together. We we didn't necessarily we weren't what I would call friends, but we were social acquaintances, just like my husband and I were. But I knew her way better than I knew him. Mm. And so, in the beginning of our relationship, I thought okay, well, she's ran off and moved her boyfriend in. So she surely won't have an issue with me. I mean, we know each Mm, other and she likes me. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to take care of her kid, but jokes on me. I mean, really, she could not hate me more. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm It's
0: just
2: like, what did I do to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, this I've is terrible daughter.
1: Yeah. You, that you know, we try and figure it out. We try and understand. I have this theory though. I always have this theory that, and even if the bio mom is the one who has severed the relationship, who broke the marriage, right. Especially with an affair. I just have this theory that they fully expected their ex, that they're, that they would live the rest of their lives remorseful and regretful and die alone and be miserable. And once they pick themselves up, dust themselves off, fall in love and move on, the the mom, the ex-wife is just pissed.
2: Yes. You are a hundred percent right. I used to say she thought you would just sit on this couch forever and be at her beck and call. Yeah, And you're not. You're yep. arguing. Or, or you're not so much arguing, but you're just stating the facts. Like, mm-hmm. no, this is my time. This is what I get.
1: How dare you? How yeah. dare you move on and be happy and provide a, a nice home for our daughter and show our right. daughter that you can, you know, show your, our daughter a happy father. Like, how dare you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She would much rather have him be miserable and fail. Mm-hmm. You and are you are are the representation. And this is why it's like we are the easy target as stepmoms. But you know, it's we represent what they had or could have had had right. they had worked through their problems or chosen something different. I don't know, don't sleep with another man. Maybe that would have helped your marriage. <laughs> right. I'm unsure of that. But <laughs> you know, it's just like you represent and and you know, I, I think we've all been there. Because I can hold compassion and, and admit that like I've had breakups and I've, you know, the person that I was with before meeting my husband, he moved on and, you know, found someone else. And I still wonder like, huh, like he was able to do that for her. He all of a sudden, And it's like, you can't go down that road. Right. But I acknowledge it as a very real like human experience that our, the exes might be looking at us being like, oh, you're the one that makes him want to do this you're the one that's making him happy. Why couldn't have I done that? Or, you know, like, you know, it's like, oh, now he wants to travel. Now he wants to lose weight. Now he wants over, whatever <laughs> it is, right? And we represent that. So that was a little tangent there, but it's like, you know, we are in this position of being that target and constantly questioning like especially the ones where they're the ones that decided to divorce or to end the relationship why are they mad and they just be happy like you moved in the new boyfriend like move yes. on with your life why are you so obsessed right. with
2: me well right. that's why <laughs> right yes yes and you know we actually live in the house that they built oh. and and yeah. Tell me it,
1: about that. Everyone who has had to move into the place where she once lived. Like I did I fortunately did not have to do that. But what is what was that like for you?
2: So the first time I came here, I mean, when she moved out, she took all contents of the home. Like including her children's mattresses, all of their clothes, and left them some holy underwear and socks that were four sizes too small. I mean, it when he had the kids that weekend, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Oh, he... Oh, petty. She's Petty. Yes. I'm just gonna <laughs> add that to, to her character. Yes. Okay. Yeah, very. He had to go buy everything. I mean, and he had friends giving him stuff, loaning him stuff, you know, washer, dryer, all that. So I never was in the house with her stuff, mm. thankfully. Mm-hmm. You know, but they built the house on land that he had owned for years. So the land is special to him. And I understand that, but the house is what she wanted. And I mean, it has, you know, like a full upstairs and a full basement. And really for the three of us, it's way too big. So I, you know, and it's not the style of house I would ever build if you handed me a chunk of cash and said, you get to build whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But... I'm trying. I'm trying, but it's always going to be her house.
1: Yeah. Have you done the therapeutic painting of
0: walls uh, and hanging up the pictures? The
2: I mean, I hired a painter probably the week I moved in. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And I and it's, it's just so big that it's hard to fill up space, really. And I don't want to clutter it up. But I'm trying. I'm getting different furniture. And, you know, the kitchen is beautiful, but it's not what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just... You know, and so those are some big expenses to change mm-hmm. out of the things. But I'm trying. Yeah, you're trying. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. I would love to move or, and to build a house, but, you
1: know, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard when, like you said, this is land that he's had. He's already kind of gone through that. And, yeah. And he. Ha-
2: it was stressful enough for him to build the house. And mm-hmm. so he doesn't want to do that again. And mm-hmm. I get it, but, you know, he has to understand my... My point of view, like she's like a ghost living living in there house. This isn't even the house you wanted to build; it's her house. So, yeah, Yeah. it's like the devil lives with you. Yeah, (laughs) that should be a
1: horror movie. I bet there could be some like snuff, or not like what's that called? Like satire of like you know, like (laughs) the haunted house of the stepmom moving in, and there's that ghost in the corner, and it's the ex white (laughs) get out of my house oh my gosh so you have said it a couple times and you're referring to it in past tense so you it's just the three of you now at the house so your husband and and your son Um, so what kind of happened with your stepdaughter and her coming
2: over and how did that all so let me think back exactly I mean it's been so long ago It seems like anyways, December, 2020, we had been struggling with her grades or she had been struggling with her grades. And you know, if you, we understand if you legitimately don't understand algebra, like we're going to get you a tutor and we're going to get you help. And that's difficult. But if you're not turning stuff in and you're just being lazy, which is what was happening, like we don't have much remorse for you. And when there are D's and F's on your report card, No, that's a reflection on us, really, because we're allowing it to happen. And so he had stayed really hard on her about her grades. And that was the fall of COVID when she was home three days a week and at school two days a week. So literally you had three days a week to do these worksheets that the teachers were basically passing out. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody was really learning much, but
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) getting effort.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, you've got to throw some effort in, and she wasn't. And we discovered a lot of really, to us, disturbing stuff on her social media that she'd kind of hid from us because she was grounded from her phone. So, when in she in your got to house, our, yes, she okay. was. Out. We took her phone, and she had brought her iPad and hit tried to hide it, but we figured that out once she lied about it. They're so and, slick. Uh, I think they're gosh, so slick. <laughs> I know. (laughs) I'm like, I in a bag and I knew what was in it. Mm So, you know, we had her this certain weekend and kept phone and iPad. And um, of course, she didn't respond to mom's texts. And so her mother flew out here during the day thinking that, you know, something was terribly wrong and there wasn't anything wrong. She just was not allowed to use her phone. Could she I mean, not she have had, just mm, mm, contacted you too instead of... Exactly. Okay. Exact. Yeah. I was blocked. You know. She, she bl- had blocked my number. Of you know, so
1: you're the God devil. What
2: yeah. <laughs> happens to your child when she's right. in eye care only. Yeah. You're not
0: going to know about it.
2: Uh-huh. So she, well, and then, you know, her dad brought up these... Social media instances, and she lied about it, and you know whatever. She was a teenager, not thirteen, that kind of thing. Understandable. Just like I mean, just give me a little an example,
1: like inappropriate, like sexualizing thing. Or, yes, okay, yeah, yes. And that's where uh, my mind goes first, because that's yes. just what teenage girls are yes. exposed to, and think they should be doing.
2: Right. It was nothing that she had actually posted, but she had almost eight hundred draft TikTok videos that she had made. Oh. Maybe if you would spend your time doing these little <laughs> stupid worksheets you had and not so much time TikToking, you might have a B, you know? Wow. Yeah. And then the holiday was coming up, Christmas. And my husband's schedule with her is was always when school got out until Christmas Eve. So we never would have her on Christmas Day. And, you know, the first couple of years of my son's life, we would do a Christmas Eve, like the 23rd and, you know, Christmas morning on the 24th. But I had told my husband, I said, we'll do this like once or twice, but I'm not doing this every year. I mean, she's old enough to know he's Mm -hmm. not. I'm Mm -hmm. not sacrificing his childhood for her schedule. Mm Mm-hmm and we so we agreed on that but she had said dad when i'm at your house for christmas will you be at work and we knew where the this question was leading and he said no i think i'll take off because they would get about a you know 5 days maybe of time before christmas actually and she wanted to be at her mom's during if he was going to be at work And so he said, no, I'll be, you know, at home. And so that busted her, you know, hope Mm on going to moms. But anyways, long story short, she got her braces off right after we had her one weekend. And he wanted to go see her, get her braces off. And I said, that's fine. He said it was going to be a long appointment. I said, just text me when you're on your way. Because again, we're in a small town. I can be there in, you know, four or five minutes. So... He texted me right after she got there and said, Her mother has texted and said that she's asking where I'm at. And I said, Okay. So I drop everything at work and leave. And because of COVID, only one person could be in there at once. So we both waited in the vehicle. He actually went in for a little bit, but I waited in my car over an hour and a half. It was still the same long appointment. So why did you have to go? I'm confused. You just wanted me there for okay. you know, moral support. Say, yes, gotcha. moral support, you know, to see her with her braces off. Mm-hmm. So once her mother saw my car, I guess she wasn't expecting I would be there. She said, Get in the car. It's time to go back to school. And I, I'm like, No, you know, I've waited an hour and a half. I'm going to at least see Smile her. Smile at me, damn
1: it. <laughs> Let's see her teeth. Let me
2: take a picture. <laughs> This is a big damn day. And those are expensive tea. Let me see. <laughs> right. We paid for half of them. Yeah. So we walk over. My husband's like, no, we're going to take a couple of pictures. So I don't even get my phone out to take a picture. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, snap a couple. I didn't even make her pose a certain way. They really work great pictures because he's kind of in, in her face and one of them. And I told her she looked pretty. I told her her sweater was pretty. And I said, don't lose your retainer. I would say that to your kid. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know. That's like, that's what you say. Congratulations. Wear your retainer. Don't lose it. Don't
1: break it. Yeah. That's just what you say.
2: And my husband had already walked back to his vehicle. I was walking back to mine and her mother said my name and said, do not post those pictures of her on Facebook. She's my daughter.
1: Oh, for love. Pete.
2: And. What? I had just, I had kept my mouth shut so much. And I just said back, she's my stepdaughter and I paid for half of them. Boom. Boom. <laughs> wanna post them? That that was his thing. If he wanted to do that, that you know, great. Do it. But I wasn't going to. But he turned around and got in her face. And it was kind of ugly. Mm. And then he said to me, Post those damn pictures right now. Oh, shit. (laughs) shit. Which it wasn't like we're friends with her on, you know. Right. Like, would she see that? uh,
1: I mean, I guess it's a small town, so someone, she could be like, go look at her, you know, and see. Right. But, I mean, yeah. Okay, so he stood up for you and and was tired of her shit and her trying to...
2: He actually said, you're just teaching her to be a bitch like you.
1: Oh, <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> you know? And it's like, don't be quick to judge because, you know, that's kind of like, oh, wow, you know? But right. at the same time, it's like you were provoked. He was provoked. He was tired of it. There, that was a last straw, yeah. right? Like that was a do not come at my wife. Right. And... And don't behave like this in front of our daughter. Like No, and
2: there was no reason for it. I mean, not that she knew what I was or wasn't going to do, but I wasn't going to post the pictures to begin with. They weren't that great. I mean, just because I didn't have her pose a certain way and all of that jazz. But, you know, we'd been to, like, teacher open houses, and I had asked her English teacher, so are there any reading requirements? And her mother who, I mean, we would be standing in line together, but not speaking. And you can just feel the heat coming off of her because Mm -hmm. I'm there. And so, I asked that question. And I knew her teacher personally. And her teacher said, well, and started to go into it. And her mother had turned around and like stormed off. The whole thing was, we were told by my stepdaughter the year before, there were no reading requirements and then in april when school's out in may she's like i'm supposed to read 20 books this year and we're like oh so there were some requirements and we're gonna get
1: you an audible membership real
2: quick (laughs) you're not gonna do anything (laughs) until school's out but listen Mm -hmm. lord of the flies but so you know i was just trying to help so Mm -hmm. we would know what to expect And my mother is an educator, our job when we were in school was to make good grades. I mean, we didn't have to have a job as teenagers. We had to make good grades. That was expected. And so Mm -hmm. that's how I'll be. And I mean, my husband kind of raised the same way. And so no shame on us for having expectations Mm -hmm. for our daughter. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and her her mother is employed by the school district, which makes it even worse, but uh, it's, it's
1: interesting. I mean, again, we, we try and understand, we try and make sense of it, right? Like why isn't this important to you? Why are you making these decisions for your kid or not making these decisions for your kid? Right. And, and it's, again, I just have these theories. This is my radical stepmom theory of, of why. And I, I just feel like, it's one of those, like, because it's not their idea, because it's not what they are motivated by or find important, then then it doesn't matter. And it comes down to the respect of the other parent, right? Where this isn't a parenting issue. I always think that this is the ex being mad at who she had a child with and how it all went down. This is an ex issue. And it unfortunately impacts the kids because when your home is saying, she needs to be reading, she needs to be doing these things. Why isn't she? She's not what she, what BioMom hears is you're calling me a bad mom and I'm going to get defensive about it and I'm going to double down and say, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. And, you know, like the fact that you were out there in the parking lot taking photos of her daughter and being proud and like celebrating with her bugged her to the point that she needed to remind you. Hey, she was the mother. If you forgot, I'm going to remind you. You're not the mom. <laughs> and again, like that kind of stuff is just laughable to me because it's like
0: obviously,
1: obviously, yes. I am not confused, but you might be confused.
2: Please step up and be a mom.
1: Right here <laughs> right. you go.
2: Take care of some of the stuff that <laughs> right ignored. Right. So with all that being said. After that day, which we were both fired up, and I did email her mother that day, and I said, you know, look, I am well aware that you are her mother, and that is great. I am not here to take your place, have some confidence in yourself as a mother, and, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. and then she
2: she actually did email me back, and then she blocked me, but (laughs) she emailed back, you know, well, how would you feel if your son was in this predicament? Well, I would be glad that somebody was loving and taking care of him because Mm -hmm. it could be a lot worse. She was in an abusive relationship with her boyfriend. I mean, Mm -hmm. he got, I don't know how many DWIs while they were together Mm -hmm. and he knocked her around. I mean, so she made poor choices and she's... She made very poor poor choices and, you know, still tried to retaliate on us, but... So after the emails, then my stepdaughter texted my husband that night and said, Dad, after today, I will not be spending the week of Christmas with you, but I can come to family Christmases. AKA, you know, she'll come to my parents' house and receive all of the gifts that they buy her and my in-laws' house, same thing. And it doesn't work that way with us. We don't care if you're a kid or not. So he called her or he said, FaceTime me right now. And she wouldn't. So he kept on. And she finally did. And her mother and sister were right there, which her sister at this point is like 21. And he said, no, you go to your room and talk to me alone. And she was like, well, my phone's dying. And I am I just said, you're in your bedroom. Plug it in. I mean, we know you yeah. have a charger. And she said, I'm not coming. You can pick me up for Christmases. And so he looked at me and said, We're coming over to talk to you. And she said, No, you're not. And he said, Yes, we are. And we got in the vehicle, dropped my son off at my parents' house. And I stayed in the vehicle, but we just paused for a moment to talk about the anxiety
1: of this situation. Like I would. My pits would be sweating. I'd probably want to throw up. Like that type of, I'm. and I just want to like acknowledge to all the stepmoms that are in these situations and have to manage these situations because this is where we want to throw up our hands and be like, I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. Yeah, this is shit that I shouldn't have to be dealing with. And it's not your fault. It's not your partner's fault. It's not even the kid's fault. It's this woman who's just mad and causing shit for no reason other than her own bruised ego or or whatever it is, right? Like this is this is, this particular scenario right here is what I want to like have people who don't understand the high conflict situation hear when words like "I'm tired of it" or are, are coming out of my mouth, right? Like, no, you don't understand why I hate this woman. Here's the reason why.
2: Right, like, do you have two hours to sit down and just listen to a portion of, you know, <laughs> right? But like,
1: this whole situation that that you're that you're describing is not anything that it it's un unnecessary. That's the thing; it's unnecessary, right? Okay, so just validating that for a moment of your anxiety in that situation that fucking sucks. And so many of us have been through that too. So walk us through it. You're sweating.
2: You are anxious. Now you go, you don't get out, you don't get out of the car, but you're at the house. So I drive, I pull in front of the house on the road. I mean, I'm not even in the driveway. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) And he walks up and knocks on the door and her sister answered and you know, I I had the window down and I could hear her saying, no, she's not going to talk to you. She's not going to talk to you. And all the poor guy wanted was to talk to his daughter without those two. The interference. In her head, you know, just let me talk to you. Let me explain to you what's going on. And so my stepdaughter standing at the door, but Big sister's there and mom is in the living room. He said with just a smirk on her face the whole time because of course he's acting out at this point, but she, and she's loving it because she's getting what she's wanting, what she wants. At mm-hmm. this point. And he, he did, he was yelling, you know, saying, let me see her, let me see her. And like you said, the anxiety, the sweat, the, you know, nauseousness, everything was up to my eyeballs. And I just yelled, that's enough and named his stepdaughter's name, and she yelled, fuck you. Ah, And I could have said it back, but I didn't. I just sat there, and not long after that, he came back. And, of course, I mean, he was crying, and it it was awful. I mean, it was horrible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm pissed for him because he just wants to see his daughter without, you know, the high conflict, ex and you know then I'm pissed also because there goes a good Christmas you know Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. son
1: oh let's see and then you wrap in the ours baby shit and that's that's a whole I mean that's I do want to talk a little bit about that later as we get through it but just having to consider our kid and how they are impacted by this bullshit that we shouldn't have to protect them from, and they
2: shouldn't have to be impacted by. And I'm glad you used the word protect. I'm glad you used the word protect because I'll get into that. So yeah, Christmas was, you know, it was rough that year. I mean, we walked into his brother's house to have Christmas with his side of the family, and all he could do was cry. And, you know, my niece and nephew are looking around like, which I had already said to my brother in law and sister in law, like, look, tell the kids not to ask where she's at, you know, just makes it more difficult for him. And so it was it was awful. It was a little better at my family's house just because a couple of days had gone by and, you know, he we wouldn't have typically had her during that time anyways, although my mom had well, both of our families had always planned special Christmases just for her because she was never with us mm-hmm, the day of.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, everybody, including us, had bought her gifts because it's mid-December at this point. And those gifts are still in my basement, brat. And, you know, my son, again, was two at the time. And he asked, he pretty much, I won't say like he knew her schedule, but he knew that she wasn't with us for a few right. days and that yeah. he would be. Mm-hmm. And so Fit would ask every single day, but he would ask, you know, where is she at? Where is she at? He did that for about six months, eight months. So you hadn't seen
1: like so sh- that was the last time that she was coming over. Like yes, wow.
2: I mean, my husband would text her constantly, you know, throughout the weeks, and she wouldn't reply. And so in March, she had asked to use our golf course membership and he was like, you know, I would love for you to use it, but you have to be living in our house or at least seeing us and you can't respond back to me how you're doing, but you're going to ask for something. Mm -hmm. And her response to that was fine. Mom will get me one. and. She saw what her sister did to my husband. She saw how it hurt him. And I mean, I won't say that it was a little different because she was the stepdaughter, but it was a little different because she was the stepdaughter and she was, you know, of age and all of that. But she saw how, you know, she, I mean, she was furious that we got married and she was even more furious that we were having a baby. So the stepdaughter, his stepdaughter. Mm. Yes. So after that, she was, she was done with him. Again,
1: why? I just this misplaced blame. I just don't understand. Right?
2: Yes. Like your mom is the one who broke the marriage, and and it got to the point where my husband would just say to them, "Like, Like, why are you mad mad at me? You cannot be mad at me. Your mother is the one that did this. If you have a problem with it, talk to her." Although my life's much better now, and I'm happier. Right? Side note. (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) Sorry. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So let's see. She started texting him maybe that summer. So, summer of 21. Yes. And wanted to all of a sudden see him and our son. And I just said, well, you can go see her. You can go have dinner with her and you can go do whatever you want with her. But he's not going. You guys have a lot to talk about. And He's a distraction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's distraction
1: a distraction, talk- and I don't know about you, but I would again want to protect my baby and go. Well, I'm not going
2: to inter you back into his life if
1: exactly. you're just going to bail
2: again. Like exactly, yeah. And and that is also what I said. Like you know, until she can come to terms with everything, that he's not going to see her. Mm-hmm. So and you know, we had seen her at the pool a couple of times that summer, and of course, I my husband wasn't with me, but I was, you know, just. Sick to my stomach, basically, because her mother was also there, but she didn't speak to us, and we didn't speak to her. Oh, I mean, word, yeah. How do you Will, enjoy yourself then? You don't. Ugh. You don't. I'd be like, fuck <laughs> it,
1: I'm gonna go get yeah. a cheeseburger and eat my feelings. <laughs> I
2: know. So, and then let's see. You know, he would just would continue to text with her. They did have, they tried to have dinner, and that summer. And so I said, well, look, if you guys are gonna go eat. I'm gonna take ours, our baby. He had a dentist appointment, and then we're gonna go eat and we're gonna go to the pool for a little bit. Well, they ate at the place where the pool is, so which was fine, but I told him I was like, you know, we'll be outside, we'll probably be gone before you even come out after dinner. I don't want to see you guys, you know, I don't want him to see whatever. We agreed to that and so we didn't go until they were already in the restaurant and her mother was there nobody else is at the pool but her mother is there oh my god I'm, oh my god you know are you freaking kidding me you need a bigger town uh, yes yeah <laughs> you or need my more like pool. watering holes and <laughs> right. what's to be and you know when you tell your two-year-old you're going to the pool and you pull oh, in the park you're like, fucked you, you gotta to go, go to you have to go yeah so we get out, we have to go change our clothes and she's like, by this point she gets her car and she's on her phone and she's just so mad. You can tell she's talking to somebody and then she gets out and she's just like eyeing me and like walking through the parking lot, like trying to intimidate me. And I just kind of shrugged and I said, what, did you have to come supervise? And she yelled, "You be an adult. Yeah, I said that. So she yelled at me that I needed to be an adult, which I probably shouldn't have said that. But, you know, don't walk through the parking lot when nobody else is there. Right. But yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. I mean,
1: your comment was warranted. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you can't just stand there and take no responsibility for being this like mean
2: girl that's just like walking around the pool. Exactly. So he walks up to the restaurant and told my husband that she didn't appreciate me screaming at her. And so he said it wasn't going well anyways. And my stepdaughter got up and walked out with her mother. And so I have my back to the entrance. I mean, we're in the pool five minutes and my little boy's like, hi, dad. And I turn around and he was like, so what happened? And I'm like, oh, shit. And she's, Feeding out of the parking lot. I mean, almost blowing smoke. She's going so fast. And so I tell him and he's like, so you didn't scream at her? And I'm like, um, I'm 5'2". She's like 5'10". No, I did not scream at her. She's scary. <laughs> yeah, she's intimidating. <laughs>
0: you
2: know, i know it. the with the lifeguard. And-
1: oh, he's the witness. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. an attempt
2: at reconciliation did not. Was yes, gone. because my stepdaughter came to the dinner with basically these, you know, well, in order to see me, you will do mm, a criteria. Man, you're not the first person I've heard that happen. Like it's this,
1: and who puts that in their head? Like who puts that in this? Right, this is going to be a conditional tran- transaction of your access to me as your yeah. daughter. Like yeah.
2: I'm sorry, who are you to tell me what to do? Like you're not going to be. You're 14, right? So. You know, that didn't work out. And continu- he continued to try to text her, try to call every once in a while. Very little to no responses. Probably nine out of ten times she would not respond. You know, we make it through the holidays. They were great because basically they... No you drama. Know. Yeah. No mm-hmm. drama. Just absence. Yeah. Right. And she started again in, I guess, like last... I was gone one night and... I think he had probably prompted our little boy to want to call her Hmm. and that it made me mad because, you know, he didn't ask about his sister and it's exhausting when they ask constantly and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you can't explain to a three-year-old why your sister doesn't come over anymore. Right. So they FaceTimed her and he said she just kind of put her head down and was crying, which I was mad again. And he knew that, and he, he understood why I was upset, but she was crying? Yes. Out of? Well, I think, you know, I think that she does miss her brother, but not enough to really do much. Mm-hmm. And, and it is sad, but, you know, she's at the age that she should be able to stand up for herself. And if she wants to come see us. Yeah, I don't know.
1: There's this loyalty loyalty, and I, don't, and I don't know when that, that dissipates as you get older. I mean, it's, and it always, I feel like, comes down to the risk that they're taking in taking a side, the other side, right? Like, what will she lose from her mom if she were to say, I want to go see my dad? You know, what guilt trip? What things will she be told? What, I mean... Will she be kicked out of the house? Like, and that's the unfortunate circumstance that usually accompanies alienation, right? Is this you have to serve the alienating parent because they obviously need that child more than the other parent does. Right. Right. And they know that they're taking care of that parent because they're the weaker parent and they know that. And so I I, I I would imagine that she's been torn in this, even if she is very, you know, firm in her position of I'm with my mom and you're a jerk or, you know, whatever it is, there is, and I say all this as growing up as an alienated kid, like my mom did some work on me and gave me this narrative of my relationship with my dad. And it wasn't even until I was 27 years old that I got the full story, and I'm still healing from that. So, just I was speaking, gonna say, I bet you're yeah. Just speaking from you know, like being that kid, I went like four years without talking to my dad, and there was even there was no altercation in the parking lot at the dentist or anything. <laughs> there was no like big thing or whatever. It was just you know, and there's, you know, but I, I, I'd say, yes, she is at an age where she could start to understand that she has a choice. Whether or not she would use that choice and make that choice, that takes probably a little bit more time and probably some, some therapy.
2: No, thank you for saying that because yeah. my husband will say, what do you think it's going to take? And I'm like, a lot of therapy. Yeah, a lot of therapy. And her mother's not the one to say, you're right. Let's put her in therapy and see right. which way. No. Right. Well,
1: those those moms are like, no, no, because my kid can't figure out that I'm a problem. Right. I can't and have a so- professional
2: telling her the truth. Yeah, maybe when she's 27, you know, she'll go to therapy. I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. but it'll, it's, it's going to take something like that because, you know, since, since like last spring, we have, have, have had very little interaction with her. I mean, very little respondents back to my husband and he had invited her over kind of an olive branch. My father-in-law was coming from out of town and going to visit this fall, this past fall. And so he had invited her over. And she answered back a couple days after he texted her, well, I can come Saturday between one and two. And we're like, okay. You know, I mean, I guess that's better than nothing. He's if- throwing you a crumb. Right. Okay. Of course, my first reaction was that's nap time, you know, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it doesn't work.
2: But that's just, that's just your mom brain going, "Mm, yeah, that's the structured scheduled house. So, (laughs) But then we ended up getting sick, just bad respiratory crap. And my father-in-law was like, sorry, but I'm not coming to visit. So he had texted her back and said, you know, well, now grandpa's not coming because we've been sick, but we're feeling better. And you're still welcome to come Saturday. And she said, well, who's going to be there? He was like, the people who live in our house, let's forget us. And she was like, well, no, sorry. She didn't respond back until Saturday morning, which I didn't think she was going to come. So I went to town to do a little Christmas shopping. And then he texted me kind of in a panic. She'll be here at one o'clock or 12 o'clock, whatever time it was. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But kind of- okay. You know, so I took my time. I did what I was going to do. And... Because she wasn't there to see me. She ha- had already made it clear. He did end up having dinner with her one other time, but nothing came about it. She did say to him that I was not part of her family and that I was not her stepmother. You know, more or less, you're married to her, but that means nothing to me. So I'm now the problem, mm-hmm. not him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he, you know, he made it clear to her look, I'm not going to have two Christmases where I celebrate with my wife and son and families. And then I celebrate with our families and you, we're not doing that. You're either on the team or you're not. And of course, you yeah. know, she didn't
1: like that, that must've been really hard for him to say and like get to that point. Just, I mean, speaking it with so many other, you know, alienating parents and stuff, it's like you want to do everything that you can to hold on a relationship and at the same time you're sacrificing you're sacrificing yourself you're sacrificing like you know he was saying like your own family to accommodate this relationship that doesn't need to be this way you know and it's so to get to that point to say no I'm not gonna do it on your terms there's no reason for you not to be a part of our family how did that I mean hit with him
2: well it was it it was big of him to say and I mean he always was the one that would respond back to her I mean he and I would talk about it you know I would give my feelings but I would put my mind if it were my son doing this to the you know me and how would you be reacting you'd be flying off the handles too you know just just amongst ourselves just mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. it makes me angry at her to see him like this and or like that and you know so but He is very structured in the way that, you know, what he believes, he believes. And, you know, I'm not going to sway. I'm not going to change who I am to accommodate what you want me to be. And he's just, he's an excellent person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to respect somebody like that because, yeah, you're right. I mean, you just want to see your kid. But, you know, I can't he he just can't see her and be somebody else.
1: Well, and it really comes down to is I imagine it's whatever she's hearing from the other house, right? And he's up against that, which you know I I am. It's just like will you just see what's in front of you? You have a loving father who wants you to be a part of his family, and we've done nothing to, like you've done nothing to her other than care, buff. but it's just how her mom has reframed everything. To you guys be the villain
2: and the bad guys. And, you know, like when she was grounded because of her grades, she had a list of chores to do because she was home all day with no school at our house. And it's like, okay, we both have done chores before even when we mm-hmm. weren't in trouble mm-hmm. you know and so she acted like she was cinderella you know well all i do at your house i don't even have time to eat she told him and we're like uh, we're a family meal every night like don't give us that bs mm-hmm. i'm like, here have a snack keep sweeping <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
2: you forgot to dust over
0: there
1: <laughs>
2: That's uh, that evil villain stepmom stuff coming out. Right. <laughs> and, and I could just hear her mother saying, like, well, you know, you can see your dad and you don't have to be around her. Like, she does mm-hmm. not have to be around. Yeah. And, well, I don't. You're right. You can see your dad all day. But when it comes to our baby, you're not going to see him until
0: mm-hmm.
2: everything's okay. And so she comes to her house last fall for literally. 59 minutes. Her mom brought her and dropped her off and I had bought some stuff. So I was kind of bringing it in and I let her kind of, you know, visit with dad and brother for a minute, just one-on-one. I mean, I said, hello. And so then I sat down and, you know, I'm trying to be nice and not saying anything, but I'm just, you know, appearing to be open. And our little boy said, do you want to go upstairs and see my toy room? And again, he has not seen her in Almost two years. Mm. I mean, at this point, it's one year and 11 and a half months. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And she was like, sure. And this was about 10 minutes after she got here. So they went upstairs and then she came down and said, my mom's here. Wow. And so I said, bye. And she didn't say anything, which was fine. But he then invited her to Thanksgiving at my in-laws and it just, it irks us that we know this child has her phone in her hand 24 seven because she did when she was here and she answered mom immediately, but she can't answer her father for two or three days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he invited her to Thanksgiving. She doesn't respond until the day of, which it was the Friday after Thanksgiving until the day of about two hours before. And I'm just about sick. I mean, I'm nervous. You know, he fails to tell my in-laws and brother and sister-in-law that she's going to come, and she beat us there. Oh, she walks in their house, and of course, you know, my niece and nephew are two years older at this point, and they're just kind of like, oh, "Hey, I don't really wow. know who you are." I mean, they do, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, but like, where have you been? Like, right. Like- Everyone
1: talks about you.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we get there and the kids go upstairs to play and we thought that she would although she's, you know, an older kid at this point and she didn't. She stayed downstairs. You know, I tried to make small talk and she kind of cut me off like We were talking about boy, teen boy hairstyles and I was, you know, dog in the mullet and she had some snide comment back. And so I thought, okay, just be quiet and, you know, smile. So I did, I was really quiet pretty much the whole meal and sitting around. Well, then we had to take her home. And so I didn't have much to say in the vehicle. My husband tried to kind of talk a little. And when she got out, I said, bye. She shut the door so he gets back in and he was like did she not say bye to you i said no and he was like well you need to try harder
1: oh oh shit
2: and i don't i don't really know if i said much immediately but i'm like what do you want me to do Mm -hmm. like well just forget that i told you that you know you're really not her stepmom and forget that i told you all of that stuff i'm like well you obviously don't know me that well because I can't just forget it. Yeah. I tell my husband all the time, bitch can hold a grudge. <laughs> uh-uh. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I've been nice the last two times, but if we're going to see her again, you and I are going to sit down and have a come to Jesus talk with her mm-hmm. because, you know, she's not going to see our little boy again until we can get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it like, and it's like you can't like just live
1: in a state of mind or or an emotional state where it's, oh, she's throwing you a crumb, yay, throw a parade, be happy that she's there, she's gracing us with her presence, but also while she's there, she gets to treat you like crap, and dismiss right. you, and be mean to you, and then you're just supposed to do it with a smile on your face, like, okay. and then it, I'm you, just like,
2: not a fake person,
1: yeah, and that's the thing, like I can't be, I can't. If I like you, you know it. If I don't like you,
2: you know you it. know it. <laughs>
1: you know? And it, and it's like it's and it's not. I mean, and we're in these positions too to be like, well, but they're kids, right? That's what every, that's what everyone tells us, and that's a but they're kids. And yes, you can hold compassion and hold a boundary at the same time, right? Like you can hold compassion for what she's experiencing and what she's doing and what she's going through. But at the same time, do you like? I get it, but you can't be mean. You can't be rude to me. You're at a family meal. You can talk to me in a nice way, like this. And if you can't, I'm going to remove myself from the situation because that hurts my heart. Right? Like you have to. And it's like, yeah, they're kids. Yeah, but kids cut deep. My kid hurt my feelings more so than probably anyone else in this world. Right? Like it's and and when you're in a stepmom in particular too. You're more vulnerable. We can be plopped into a family and plopped out at with one person's comment, one person's decision, one person, you know, and it's, we have to, we have to protect ourselves. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting defensive of you and what your husband said to you.
2: Like, and I think you thought about it later. Like, well, how else is she supposed to try? I mean, you yeah. know if you can't have a conversation with me, then
1: I imagine that that comment came from a place of desperation for him of I'm trying to make this work. Can you please try too? Right. And it's hard for him in his own individual ways. But yeah, that comment kind of minimized your experience and what you are doing to try. Right. Yeah.
2: And I mean, you know, he doesn't remember or think back to in the very beginning when you know she was this little girl and he spent i mean mom was always gone doing boyfriend or whatever and so he was always the one home with kids and you know but still there's not that mom around and so i would you know help her get ready and i would read her books every night and i would you know do her laundry and get her ready for school and you know do all of the stuff that I didn't have to do, but, you know, like I wanted to do it out of love for her. And it just, you know, so yes, I mean, we had this great bond to begin with, and then it was just completely severed. So, you know, Christmas is coming up and I'm like, look, I don't know what you want to do, but I'm not forcing my family to, hey, she might show up. So everybody buy her gift. Like we're Mm -hmm.
0: not. Mm -hmm.
2: And so you know, and I think he felt the same way for his family. And so he just really remained quiet through December. And he may have texted her some, I don't know. But then in January, just all of a sudden, she he had texted her, you know, we'd love to see you again. Several days later, she texted back and said, well, I don't want to be the one to always make plans.
1: And we're like, mm-hmm. I literally just text you to make a plan. What are you talking about?
2: No. Yeah. So, <laughs> We were gone for the weekend and I was like, just answer her, you know, next week. You don't have to reply back to her because she doesn't reply right back to you. So he, I was really proud of him. He drafted up this big, long text about, you know, I would love to make plans with you, but you have to answer me back more frequently. You respect your mother in, you know, answering her back. You, I should get the same respect. And you also have to respect that Mallory is your stepmom and part of this family. And she's also the gatekeeper to your brother. So until basically your relationship is good with her, it's not going to be good with him. And she never responded back. And he messaged her several times or a couple of times since then and no response. So, so you guys
1: haven't spoken to her since that? And how long ago was that? That was in January when he- January. Okay. So about three three months. Yes. Wow. I I
2: mean, he says constantly, like, I don't know how else to reach out to her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, he would send texts like that, which was kind of calling you out. I'm being your parent. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, he got like a EOB on her insurance that she'd been to the doctor. So he was like, saw that you haven't been feeling well, I hope you're feeling better, you know, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. where she could just say, yeah, I'm better. And you could be like, okay, that's a win, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, a thumbs up at this point would be better and than, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than nothing. yeah. So really, he's just, I mean, I won't say that, you know, he doesn't wish that we saw her all the time, and but he knows it will never be how it was. She will never be in our house every Thursday through Sunday again. I mean, at this point, our little boy is getting to the point where he needs a bigger room and he's going to get her room. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just how it is. We can't. Oh, well, last ball, her mother did email him and say it's almost been two years. She wants all of her clothes, all of her toys, basically everything out of her room. And if you don't, do it by this point, then I'm going to get you for child support and back child support. So. Wow. He packed it all up. She's a piece. Yeah, she is. Oh, she threw in there that, you know, how dare you not even invite her to her brother's birthday party. Oh my God. You have to deal with her crying that she wasn't invited. And I'm like, bitch deal with her. We're trying to deal with her. That's what I don't
1: understand. We're trying to deal with her. Please send her over here for a full fucking weekend. Do it. Let me deal with her. Yeah. Get and out of it.
2: To jump through the email at that point oh, and God. be like, the only reason that brother is having a birthday party is because of me. You're like, you know, if it were up to my husband, he would be like, oh, yeah, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, bud. I mean, there would be no right. party. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know how it is. Uh-huh. You're motherly. The instinct. magic of moms. Mm-hmm. So, Don't even come at me for not inviting her to his birthday party. Well, that I'm just stuck
1: on the deal with, like, so she's again trying to pick and choose of when you're involved, and then, oh my god, it just, girl, I'm just,
2: this is getting me all riled up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I mean, it's been, this is, I have to just kind of unpack the things that you've you you've shared in this, and that this is obviously story of alienation. It kind of peaked with this altercation in the dentist parking lot, right? And for whatever reason, that's what BioMom used to make the move on, you know, planting the seeds of why she's yeah. should no longer be around and,
2: and in, whatever. In, my stepdaughter had said at one point, because Mallory did what she did, like because I posted the stupid pictures of her, I'm like, look, your dad basically made me do that.
1: <laughs> oh, and and I mean, you can go back and forth on like how I mean, everyone was a participant, right? Like it's everyone, but
2: and who gives a shit? It's my it, social media versus yeah, you. and
1: it and it just it it all started with this animosity, this unnecessary for
2: stuff. being jealous,
1: over- yeah, or whatever it <laughs> is, right? And and if it wasn't that, if it wasn't the dentist situation, it would have been something else.
2: Oh,
0: yes. He was
1: waiting I, for some sort of looking, opportunity.
2: Yes. And stepdaughter was looking, really probably had prodded mom, like, look, I do not want to go over there. He, you know, he never stops about my grades. And sure. Like, and yeah. And that's kids latch on
1: to that stuff too. My stepson, I mean, he, he's, he hates that he, we have screen time limits. He hates that every, I mean, we just had a huge, conversation with him last week as, as he was crying because we're trying to set the expectations for our homework i'm like dude you're not new this you're not brand new this is what it is when you come to this house but you know still, how it works it's still a thing and and i mean he has week on week off so he has a whole week to forget how it is over here but anyways so i i will i mean i think one of the things that I kept hearing is that your husband continues to try. And I think in, in alienating situations, that is a huge thing to, to maintain it, it. He should keep trying, right? Like, and it, it continues to show her, like, I have a dad that's present. I'm choosing not to respond. I'm choosing not to text back. I'm choosing not to go. I'm choosing to decline the invites or whatever, right? I grew up with that. I grew up with a dad who continued to try over and over and over again. And I finally was able to see that and looking back go, he was always there. It was just all these other forces, right? And to know now in my adulthood that my my dad and I have, a, we have a great relationship now. We've gone through a lot of stuff together and have had a lot of hard conversations. We've both forgiven each other for things and it's possible. But I don't think I would be able to say that I'm in the place now with my dad if he... Didn't keep trying over the years, and so I I'm just commending you two for for maintaining that because in hearing my dad's perspective that is so heartbreaking and so hard to do because you feel vulnerable because you keep hearing no because you keep hearing the reasons of why or or whatever and it's hard because you just want to say screw it this isn't this isn't worth it almost right but it. But it is worth it, and hopefully, in the long run, that's that—that's that that's the hope that you're holding on to,
2: right? So, just out of curiosity, did you have a stepmom present during all of that? I've had
1: several stepmoms present. Yeah. So, when him and I didn't see each other for about four years, yeah, there was there was a stepmom present, and she was one of the nicer ones. She had her own really weird relationship with her two kids, and. I always thought that that was weird because her two kids lived with their dad. I don't think she wanted to be a mom. So I think me being around was kind of weird for her. Though when I did see him and stuff, she was kind. She always like bought me stuff, always had snacks. She was welcoming, but I don't really know what role she had in me not talking to him. And my mom moved me away from my dad. We were 6 hours away from each other. We were in totally different states and my mom never made an effort for me to come get for me to see him and my dad worked all the time. So there was that that kind of stuff that contributed to it, but yeah, I I always go back to that. Hmm, what wife did he have, you know? And I'm <laughs> like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what team are you on?"
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm just curious, you know, like, and if you did go to therapy to get kind Mm -hmm. of over that, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely validates the fact that that's what I say needs to happen. Oh, yeah. And and here's
1: the thing that your stepdaughter will have to reconcile is her mom. Like, I mean, I'll speak for myself. My mom to this day is still my best friend but i have to reconcile the fact that she did things in my childhood that prevented me from being a happier kid she did things that i don't understand of what my best what why would my best friend why would my mom do that right like i have to reconcile that and make peace with that and that's a separate relationship and healing process for me right and your stepdaughter is going to have to do that at some point or another she's going to realize that her mom made some fucked up choices Right, And she intentionally did things to either hurt her dad or to hurt her thinking under that's the- Ultimately it hurts her. Under I mean. Yeah. But under the veil that she's protecting her. Right. And that's what my mom, my mom and I have had these conversations where she was, I was just protecting you. I was just, you know, making sure that blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you really weren't. And then that's my mom's own, like, it, it's so, such a convoluted situation right. scenario. But as the adult now, I can I can see everyone's perspective. Unfortunately, I was very much caught in the middle. But now it's 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 yeah, it's a wild thing. So yes, your stepdaughter will have to reconcile both of those relationships with her parents for sure. And, and I hope that she finds those resources and she can find that relationship with her dad that she deserves.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
2: it's a wild ride, life.
1: Yeah.
0: Fuck right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, in wrapping up the, with the wild ride and a fuck, yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. I, I, like I said, I hope that you know you're.
2: Y- this isn't the end of it, right? Like, there's going to be more that comes up, and yes, and just anybody that's in this situation. I mean, I think the best thing that we do is just focus on what we have and focus on you know just day to day. And I mean, we love crap out of our little boy and you know he's hilarious he's a lot of fun he keeps us young or old i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah when my husband was 40 so you know he uh he keeps us going and so we really just live it you know one day at a time and hope that things turn around but you know my husband's just not one to really change who he is to accommodate what her and her mother want him to be, and so you know, while we have hope, like you said, it's going to take a lot of counseling and yeah, and you know, I think some family counseling, and I just I don't know if that will ever happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I
1: hope it does. I, I mean, everyone should be in therapy, but especially in these situations. And I think too, when you're when you're so immersed in what's happening, right it it's hard to see the bigger picture. It's hard to see your way out. It's hard to see what it's going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years. Right? And and for me it helps to realize that I am like especially when it comes to like my stepson and and his childhood. I am he's eventually going to grow up and talk about what his childhood was like and how do I want to show up in that light? Right? And and sometimes I take pride in that and there's other times where I feel grief, where I'm like, you know what? However, he narr like I don't have full control over what his childhood is like. I don't have full control over the narrative and and all the different things. I am just a blip in his story, You're right? Right? We're just a blip in anyone's stories. So sometimes that just brings me comfort and going like. She your stepdaughter's gonna grow up and she's going to be an adult and she's gonna talk about the shit that she went through and what her childhood was like and you will be a part of that. And it not all of it is gonna be fair, not all of it is gonna be true, not all of it is going to be, you know, whatever. But it's I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful. Like for me, that's helpful to be like it it's, it's I need to look at the bigger picture because I can get so stuck on the day-to-day and everything that I'm trying to control and I gotta look outward.
2: You're right. And what we can't control is our ours, maybe, like your daughter and our right. son. You know, yep. we can't control their childhood and you know, just focus on that they have a great one and mm-hmm. that they're not, you know. Yep. Yeah, I think about
1: all that time with my daughter where I'm like, I could get really stuck on the fact that damn it sucks that she has a brother that goes in and out and she's never gonna know what it's like to have a brother who does this, this, or this or you know, because we're only having one kid. So it's, you know, she's not going to experience being, you know, whatever. But then I'm like, okay, but she does get to experience this. And like you said, just focusing on what we do have and, and, you know, seeing the gratitude and remembering that. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> take a deep breath. so much. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you so much in sharing your story. Thank you. For all those listening, sending you so much love. Unfortunately, if you've had to manage anything or if any of this resonated, sending you love, thinking of you as always, be well and stay radical.
0: All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.